0: welcome to the resilience pod you are here with me your host reena singh thank you so much for tuning in today i'm truly grateful now today's episode is all about personal resilience redefined with my next guest who characterizes himself as going having gone from homelessness to greatness has also in the past fifteen years written 55 books self-published 27 ghost written to and published four others for another writer while at the same time obtaining three degrees he started at 40 and finished at 51 including a doctorate in educational leadership from unc charlotte usa where he spent five years lecturing philosophy to his students and has changed their lives Recently, he has also um, written and published a very provocative book and we are going to speak to him about that, so do stay tuned. Now, guys, you might be wondering why all this and why my next guest is Relevant to Resilience. Well, you need to listen and you'll understand why. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming my very next guest, on the resilience pod, Dr. Joe Bryan from the USA. Hi hey. Joe.
1: how are you? Hey, Rena. I'm doing great, I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to our conversation.
0: How is life over in the state?
1: Good, I mean, today is rainy and everywhere you try to drive around, there's a lot of flood thing. but otherwise it's been, it's been a good day so far. Things are going really well.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod and reaching out. Really excited to introduce you to Resilience Pod listeners. Um, you know, let's just kick right into it. You know, I mentioned in my introduction about, you know, you described yourself as going from homelessness to great. It's like, you know, can you start off your resilience journey and your journey kind of explaining a bit about that?
1: Well, I think, you know, I made a decision um, to follow my dreams um, I was a corporate trainer for a really large company here in the here in the states, and I just quit um, to pursue my dream of becoming a writer. And you know, didn't plan on becoming homeless, but you know, things didn't happen as fast as I thought they were going to happen. And I ran out of money, and I ended up sleeping in my car for three months. You know, but through all of that, I just focused on my dream. Me, that was it. And you know, three months later, the the book, the last book that I wrote before I quit my job, that book won me ten thousand dollars. And so I was able to take that money and get us, you know, get my wife out streets and get a place to stay and begin to be, rebuild some kind of a stable life. And so it's been—it's been an evolution ever since that time.
0: Taking those kind of risks is a real, true form of resilience, and then keep on going. Um, very ad- admirable. Uh, I guess your challenges didn't really stop there, did it? Tell us a bit more about kind of what the challenges you faced.
1: Far in your life? Well, a few years ago, actually, it's going to be six years tomorrow, actually. Um, my wife and I were at movies watching, getting ready for the, waiting for the movie to start and all of a sudden she started complaining about a headache and one thing led to another and she had a stroke right through the theater but, you know, went into a coma and never recovered. And two days later, you know, I had to take off the So that was probably the hardest thing I've ever been through. You know, because it was sudden and it was, it was very, very, um, just unexpected so that was really it took a lot of just just it took a lot of resolve i mean i didn't know that i had that kind of resolve because yeah i never faced that kind of challenge before but i just knew that what we had talked about our dreams our goals and for me to quit at the time would have been disrespect to her legacy to her memory so i just kept going So
0: oh, I'm so oh, sorry to hear that. I can't even begin to imagine, along with the audience, how that must have felt. And for you to just then keep on going and honouring her, that must have been a very difficult journey for you.
1: Well, I think it, it, it has been, and sometimes I still have, you know, a lot of reflection of memories and even that particular night. But I think the thing that I just realised is, for me, is if you love the person, you lived the lesson that they taught you. And my wife was very resilient herself. She was very, very, I mean, she was very gritty in a very graceful way, you know. So for me, it was just simply carrying out what we had talked about all those nights when your person, your, your marriage person talked about what you're gonna do, what we wanna do, what I want our lives to look like. And so for me, that was a kind of the consolation that gave me the courage to keep on going.
0: Absolutely, um, you've achieved so much um, you know it's since that. but you know before we kind of go into the you looking forward I want to kind of delve a bit deeper from our previous conversations when you know you, you said something to me last time you spoke about you know you, you can't be resilient if you, you're ungrateful and you talked about how you were always feeling that way tell us a bit more about like that
1: yeah I think gratitude It's the foundation of resilience because some people have died in what we're complaining about. You know, some people made a decision that that temporary condition was a permanent statement about their life. And so just to be grateful for for being conscious, for having the ability to be aware of, okay, this is a painful situation and it's okay. You know, life is not going to stop. So gratitude, I begin to think about all the things that we share. You know, not just our dreams and goals, but late night runs to the store to get to get something to get a soda. You know, riding around the city, looking at the city, little simple things that allowed me to draw from so many different streams and of energy that kept me going. So I found, and even today, even today, gratitude is the very foundation of my life. Because if you don't have, you don't, if you don't be grateful, you're gonna feel like you've been a victim of circumstances. And so gratitude, is, gratitude helps you to sort of minimize that, that that human tendency to complain and feel victimized and feel disempowered and feel like you're the only one suffering. There are a lot of people who would love to have our situation as our situation is.
0: An eye-opener and a reality check, isn't it? To, to feel like that, because I feel like sometimes we all sleepwalk our ways through life. We feel like we're better than certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of your experiences where you felt that way and I know I remember last time we spoke you you were mentioning these things so do you tell
1: us a bit more about that yeah I think you know for me I I mean the person that I've become I, I didn't know I was that person you know it took those circumstances to awaken me to my I'll say my greatness and I define greatness as for I make a distinction between greatness and renownness, because you can be you can be great be So greatness is simply, for me, it is moving toward your dreams and your goals with the highest awareness of the opportunity to do so. And so for me, I began to discover parts of myself that I didn't even know I possessed. I thought I was weak, I thought I was frail, and I, and I learned, like I told you before, I learned that I can be fragile I can be vulnerable without being fragile. Nothing I went through broke me. And it's a beautiful thing to know that you're unbreakable. Once you know you're unbreakable, you are unstoppable. And that's so important.
0: Absolutely important. I really admire kind of you know all the things that you've been through and and your attitude and your your real resilience for for life. But one of the things you were you kind of described yourself as, you know someone who you you faced many hardships you've gone through a lot of challenges probably more than what many of us really have gone through um forgetting covid um you said something about being a nobody at school uh, and then to becoming somebody (laughs) tell us a little bit about
1: your thoughts behind that I mean, all through high school, really all through my school experience was was, I was just not a good student, you know, I was very capable, but I was just not a good student. And so all through high school, I had three nicknames. They called me um, Black Slack, they called me Gruesome, they said I was so ugly I would never get a girlfriend, and then they called me Nobody, because I had no redeeming quality that society could use. And so I internalized those narratives unconsciously throughout my early adulthood. And I'll be—I'll tell you, you know, most of my adulthood up until maybe 18, about my mid-thirties, I, I pondered suicide. I constantly pondered suicide. I said, Man, my life is nothing. I'm nothing. I, you know, society doesn't need me. And once I began to change that narrative and began to own my value independent of my achievement. Then that's what allowed me to start saying, okay, I'm not a nobody, and it's so ironic because I was called nobody, but everything I do is, is, is I write about greatness, I speak about greatness, I've helped other people to to actualize their greatness. So it's kind of ironic.
0: <laughs> Indeed, and and shame on them, you know. I, I, when you're at that age, you know that, that we're, we're influenced by the words that we're fed at a younger age, and it takes great resolve to kind of get through that and like you said change the narrative like what is some of the things that you consciously did like a tip that if someone's going through the same thing that they can
1: start doing something actionable first be present to your self-talk your internal dialogue your internal your internal monologue don't allow your self-talk to become self-taunt don't taunt yourself so you've got to slow down and be, pre- and the way you be present to your thoughts, because we have so many. I mean, some, kind, some people say we have six thousand thoughts a day. Some say we have sixty thousand, but it doesn't matter. We have them. So the way you, the way you be present to your thoughts, is you be present to your emotions, because if you're feeling something, then you're concluding something. So ask yourself, what am I concluding? Because I'm having a feeling that doesn't feel good. Which tells me you've made a conclusion unconsciously about your circumstance. So you've got to pay attention to your emotions because they are your indicator of how, not only what you're thinking, but more importantly, how are you thinking? So being present to your emotions, being present to your self talk, and then being, being, affirm yourself. You know, having affirmations that I am somebody, my life has value. And, and, and the practical, the really practical piece is find somebody to help. Because when you start seeing your impact, when I started seeing how I was impacting people with not, without even trying, and it was like, you, you know, you thanks for your advice. And I'm like, advice? I was just And so that began to build my self-esteem. So that, that's part of how you would actualize and activate and begin to rewrite those old scripts.
0: Indeed. It's, it's, um, it's learning those behaviours and I feel like your story is so, I mean it's not really a story, it's real life, um, so I say that very loosely but you've totally inspired me and I know we've only been talking for a short while but I just feel like very humbled, wowed and just grateful for you for coming on and just sharing sharing things that are very personal to a very anonymous Audience per se, and I, I really do appreciate
1: that Joel because it's it, it's not easy. Well, we we have to realize that, I mean the, the human the human condition doesn't escape anybody. I know people from all economic brackets, from wealthy to making it, and everybody has a circumstance that they're struggling with. But once you embrace your courage to be. You know, once you and then once you find the purpose, because you can't have it's hard to have self-esteem without providing value. It's hard to have resilience without setting a goal. So those kind of things pull us through. I mean, I remember one time when when this when this situation with my wife happened, and I was in this, I was in this leadership program, and it took a lot to get into this program and i was going to drop out and the only reason i didn't drop out was the guy who wrote me a letter of recommendation was a you know a pretty well connected guy here in the city and i thought this guy has put his name out here on me and if i quit now i do a disservice to his name it was that thought that kept me accountable to that responsibility so you gotta you gotta commit to something also that's another thing to do find something to commit to that pulls you out of your you know, being locked inside of your own mindset. Because it's nothing but honestly, I'm going to tell you something that sounds hard. I just refused. I got to a place in my life where I refuse to practice self-pity. It's, it's hard to do. It's
0: easier to, to dwell in self-pity and harder to really pull yourself out of it no matter what's going on in your life.
1: Yeah, it is. But it, it also indicates you're not being grateful. See, when I'm in self-pity, it means that I've closed my eyes to the good that's around me. And, that, and see, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, see, gratitude is not denying that you have circumstances that are painful. It's recognizing that as painful as things are, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, said, it, Shakespeare said it this way, he said as long as we can say it's the worst, it's not the worst. Because when it's un, when, when it's the worst, you know, like people say they lose hope, nobody ever loses hope even the person that commits suicide hopes something is better wherever they're going isn't it is impossible for a human being not to have hope now the direction that that hope goes and that direction that it takes that's the real issue but you cannot be hopeless it's we're not wired to be hopeless yeah, absolutely
0: it's just a, it's something we all need to take more of and take inspiration from from you um because at the end of the day you've said some really golden things here for us in the last 16 minutes or so and you know all this, all your experiences just kind of moving on from that you've written so many books I mean 55 books I mean I can't even imagine writing one book how did you manage to write 55?
1: Focus and passion you know my life has by books I mean literally my life has been by books and so I discovered that I had to write. so I said you know what I want to leave I want to leave the same kind of literary legacy that will help other people manage their reality and so I made it I made a decision to focus my life you know I made I made a decision to spend my time developing the ability to communicate and it, and it wasn't it's not hard think you know things are only hard they, things are only hard when they don't align with our purpose or they don't align with our desire that's when they're hard there's no sacrifice when you do what you love so you know, it was it was it was not that hard yeah it wasn't and that's you know that's that's
0: really good to know that actually it's not it's it's, it's not as hard you only make it as hard as you uh, you you want and it's about that passion and purpose now tell us about I've got a copy of your book in my hand which so so grateful that you signed it for me like it precious <laughs> and anyone who anyone who listens to my show and who knows me knows that I love books and then getting signed copies oh my gosh just on another level now this book you've said is very provocative and one that will change the cultural conversation concerning human nature and the human condition so so tell us what your book is called and why you
1: can so okay so well, the book is called the new being it's a title the new being subtitle preparing for the emergence of a new humanity and the reason for why is because I challenge a whole notion and the whole historical narrative that human nature is incorrigible, that people can't change, and it's that narrative that narrows the possibilities for us having the kind of society that we all aspire to. And so I look at I look at I look at our I look at our educational system, our economic system, our moral system, our politics, our religion, and then in America. I look at those six dimensions of life, and I and I and I, I demonstrate how there's going to be a shift in human consciousness. And when you talk about human nature human consciousness, they are synonymous. You want to change human nature, you got to raise human consciousness. So well, that's that's what's very provocative. All the religions say that people are weak, depraved, and corrupt. That's human nature. We're weak, depraved. So we think, and we say that about human nature. And how can people have high self-esteem? Even though it may be unconscious, but so I, I I just challenge that notion because I just don't believe it. I believe that human nature is what we make it based upon our commitment to a better way of life. So that's the short version. Indeed,
0: I mean, people are gonna have to to, to pick it up and read it because it's, as you said, it is described as a part of self-help book and part social critique um definitely agree with that um, can't wait to finish it uh, it's really interesting and, and just one last thing i want to pick up on that is you said joel said that it's you know it's taken him 30 years to live this and three years to write that's massive <laughs> that's huge tell us a bit about that before we head out
1: I mean, I just, I actually, I think I told you I was writing, I was finishing up another book when the idea of this book just dropped on me. I i just heard, the, I heard the title and I wrote like 30 or 40 pages just right there. But I've always been a student of human nature. I mean, ever since I was little, always about what makes us, us? And so I've just, I begin, I just had a 32 study of just observing human nature, the things that influence it, the things that direct it. And once I started writing a book, I mean it was 10 to 12 hours a day, every single day for three years. I changed my style so I could accommodate the, the time I needed to write this book. So I mean, and 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 it's not only a it's not only a social critique, it's gonna show people how to really change your personal life. Because it doesn't matter if the world changes, change, then I'm not gonna be happy. I'm not gonna benefit. So it's like, it goes back to Gandhi's statement. How do I be the change that I want to see in the world? How do I make that statement real in my life? And this book this book addresses that and it shows how to do that.
0: Yes, I think we all need to do that because there's an element of being, uh, not only just helping our organizations become resilient, but personal resilience. And this definitely gives a new Take and a new slot on it and I believe truly that we should read different things that might even be different to our opinions to get that whole sense so this, this book by Joel is definitely one that is on the reading list and definitely one we need to look into as resilience professionals and just any professional for the personal being because guys if Joel can go through so much stuff and still come out
1: on form and do this. There's no excuse for for any of us, right, Joel? No, and and not jaded. I mean, I'm 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 crossing another decade and another six months, and I'm not jaded. I've met people half my age who are jaded. They've had three setbacks and are jaded. I'm thinking if you're jaded now, by the time you get to my, age, you're probably going to be, a, you know, you're going to be on the substance because. It's like, and you have to maintain your optimism. And optimism is not an emotion, it's a perception. And that that is foundational to being resilient.
0: Indeed it is. And this is from someone who has experienced it. So please, please, please do take note. Joel, thank you so much. I feel like, you know, this 24 minutes just doesn't do our chat justice. If the listeners want to reach out or even find your book, where can they do so? It's that
1: uh, my website is Dr. Joel Bryant. Webs. So Dr. Joel Webs. And they can also email me at joel at joelbryant1.com. So joel at joelbryant1.com. All
0: the links for you guys to to take a look. Um, Thank you so much, Joel, for coming on the pod and and sharing a bit of insight into who you are and, and talking about your new book.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the discussion. I appreciate you having me on your show.
0: You're welcome. Guys, until next time, thank you for listening. Uh, do check out, side keep on investing in New residents.